Lord God, what, what an amazing day it is. And we thank you for so many things and so many ways that you are moving and working in our midst as your people here at St. John. Lord, continue to bless us, guide us, and open our hearts and minds as we open your word in this time. We pray it in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Uh, you've probably heard it said, in fact, I've shared this verse before from Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18, a very very famous text often used on days like this. And let's just read it together. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That is kind of a tragic thought, isn't it? In other words, if we don't know where we're going, uh, our outlook in our future is not so good. Um, I know that as a pastor, uh, that has often been a verse that has just overwhelmed me. Um, and people say, what's the vision? Where are we going, pastor? And I'm like, oh, I guess i got to figure that out. Is that what you're saying? And, you know, and, and here's the thing is, you read that verse, and it sounds like that. we got to have some vision. we got to come up with something. That's what it sounds like. Um, in fact, uh, the message translation says it a little differently, but sort of the same result. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. Maybe a little under, either, easier to understand, but the thing is, is the more I've looked at that text, there was a point some time ago where almost sudden I realized, whoa, the translation in the King James Version is actually a little off. Uh, the, the word for vision actually more accurately says where there is no revelation. And we don't mean like the book of Revelation, though revelation is a revelation. It, it means that where there is no revelation from God, people perish. Where there's no revelation from God, people stumble. Where God is silent, we wonder, where now? Where do we go? And praise be the Lord that as his church, as his ministry here in Rochester, known as St. John Lutheran Church and School, God is definitely not silent in terms of revelation, in terms of giving us his word. In fact, let's take a moment to review what we just read just a few moments ago. You want to talk about revelation. How about what Jesus says in John 17? Jesus prays, I pray also for those who will believe in me through the message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, and you and me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Over the last couple of years, we've really spent a lot of time meditating on that text, realizing the impact of God's prayer for us, Jesus' prayer, that night when he would be betrayed, and of all the things that could have been on his mind for the future, when he thought of us as future believers who would come to know the Lord as Lord and Savior through God's word that would be preached and shared in the baptisms that would go out into the world, of all the things he could have been concerned about, it comes down to this, that they might be one. As a prayer for the future church. And praise be to God, that prayer was answered. We just read about it. It wasn't too long after this that God answered that prayer. It was in Acts chapter 2. 
And, and you want to talk about exclamation points. The answer of that fulfillment, of that prayer, of what it could look like. If you've ever wondered, what would the church look like if the church was doing what God intended it to be? Well, look at that text with me. It's in your worship folder. You can all get up in the Bible. Uh, Acts chapter, chapter 2, 42 to 47. You know, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Often called the Acts 2 vision for the church. Nothing new here, and yet how profound. And who wouldn't want to be part of that? To see the Lord working among his people as they were spending time devoting themselves to the scriptures, where God's word was having an impact on their lives, where it was drawing them together, drawing them closer to the one who had been crucified and has risen and conquered the grave who had changed everything as they knew it in terms of outlook and future. And you want to talk about vision. God had opened the door for eternity, and it was having its full effect among God's people. The Acts 2 vision continues to be carried out in powerful ways. You know, when I read this, do you know what it reminds me of? It actually reminds me of this. It's what we've been dwelling in these last couple years. In Jesus, becoming one, reaching many. Jesus' prayer for his people. And as they more and more are drawn closer to him through the cross, through his word, God is having an impact in their lives. It, it, it can't help but have an impact. As we get out of his way, and God has his way among his people. Uh, you know what else it reminds me of when you read Acts 2, verses 42 to 47? It actually looks a lot like the strategic directions because these aren't invented. This isn't something we just pulled out of a hat or pulled out of the air. No, it comes out of God's word as an answer to Jesus' prayer, strategic directions that flow, and what it looks like when God is truly having his way. We've been spending a lot of time over these last couple of years dwelling on these directions that come out of God's word, saying, Lord, what would it look like more and more for us to devote ourselves to who you are as a God who reveals himself in these days. Let's take a little time to review just what's been happening in recent days. And a little different message today. I just want to share some updates and how God is working among us as his people and in this community and beyond. You know, if we look at each one individually, biblical discovery, I'm not going to spend the time reading these. Hopefully by now, if you've been around here, you've had a chance to become more and more acquainted with what's behind these. But we think about biblical discovery and what God has been doing through his word in our congregation, ongoing opportunities to grow through that word and dedicated leaders and teachers of God's word and continually faithful to sharing that word among our people here. We have a hunger among God's people here. St. John is, is known as a place where people study God's word and that's powerful. 
but we haven't reached the full extent of that. Now God has, if God had his way, what would it look like? I really do believe this, that every single person in this church would spend time in that word daily, as well as in communities, sharing it with other people, small groups, large groups, that that would become more and more part of the way we think. That it's not just something, oh, that's for other people. And I know there's many that say, well, that's just not my thing. I'd rather just come to church. You know, folks, we're missing out on an opportunity to grow because God has revealed himself through his word. Um, I was thinking of how powerful that it's been. And, and here's one example of a new class that started this past year. Um, we have a, an ongoing ESL, English as a Second Language, ministry here. And um, every week, I think it's around 40 to 50 individuals from around the world gather on our campus for part of the ESL on Tuesdays or Fridays. And, and uh, our dedicated volunteers that, that lead that and uh, assist in, in reaching out to, again, people from literally around the world who are relocated here. Maybe, maybe it's because of the Chrysler Center. Maybe it's, it's because of Oakland University. There's a lot of different reasons that bring international students into the area. But they come here to learn English. And it, it happened about a year ago that Peter Harris, I remember the day he walked into the office and he said, would you believe, you can hear Peter saying this in his English accent, uh, would you believe they're begging for a Bible class? And, and I remember the day, I'm like, well, are you going to share a Bible class? I guess I must. I can't believe they want a Bible class. And, and, you know, and, and, and here God is using Peter to share his word and start a Bible study for international students. And, and just recently, um, one of the students of that class that came through ESL and then through that Bible class, uh, Jean, who is a, a dear, dear woman from Korea originally, uh, came uh, to become part of our church family through the one class. And you just see how God is using ministry and the study of his word to lead people closer and closer to knowing him. Uh, powerful stuff. Um, how about the next one? Worship celebration. Go a little further. Put it all up there. Strategic direction there. You know, we've, no secret here, we've spent a lot of time and, and energy and resources this past year um, launching uh, worship on, on all levels and, and continuing to raise the bar on what it means to worship God in a traditional praise style as well as what it would look like uh, to reach more and more people through uh, modern praise worship as we relaunched last fall a new worship service in a new way at a new time and, and, and the prayer was that what would it look like to do things differently but not just do diff things differently for the sake of doing something differently but do it in a way that might reach people that haven't been reached here before. And, and I, I want to tell you this. I've been really encouraged uh, by folks that say, you know, I, I went to that service. It just wasn't for me. But you know what, Pastor? I'm really glad we're doing it. But it's not my thing. You know what? I think that's a win. And, and I, I know that it's not for everybody. But it wasn't intended to be for everybody. It's intended to, to reach a target group of people that maybe haven't been reached in this room, in this style. I know that might be hard to believe at 8 o'clock, folks. That's a joke, by the way. Come on, come on. I'm, you know, and I'll, I'll give you some examples of this. We've been in recent months hearing testimonies from families. Um, I, I talked to one mom not too long ago, and she said, for the first time, listen to this, for the first time in my married life, in the life of my family, my family is worshiping together. And she shared, my husband's never gone to church, and he can't wait to get to worship now. He's connecting through worship and connecting through God's word at St. John, and it's through modern praise. It wasn't going to happen in traditional praise, not his thing. 
The kids are waking them up in the morning. Can we go to worship, Mom? Come on, Dad, it's time. Not only that, but in recent days, we're finding more and more. And this was one of our prayers going into this, is that God would use that service to reach people right where they are. And maybe even reach people who would become part of the music ministry there. And we are finding more and more, we have band members that have never been part of a church before who are playing regularly, who are excited and can't wait to come to worship on a Sunday morning and connect with Christ and connect with Jesus for the first time in their life. I'm not making this up. It's happening, and it's happening every week. God is working through worship, and and you already know what he's doing through traditional praise and continuing to use the talents and the gifts and, and spending time in the word and the sacrament that flows as we gather in corporate worship. God is doing powerful things here. And it's not as two different churches. No, quite the opposite. We actually have four different congregations, you might say, who are really all one congregation, no matter what worship style or worship time you attend. And of course, this coming fall, we're going to be launching a fifth on Saturday evenings at five. And we'll be learning more about that in coming months this fall. Worship celebrations an amazing way. God is working in his people as attendance continues to rise among us. Let's go on. Next one, shared life. Um, you know, this is a, an exciting one too. You know, what, as it's been said, uh, the, the more God blesses us and the larger we become as a church, the, tr- the smaller truly we need to be. And, and that's more than just kind of a cliche way or a cute way of saying something. No, it's really true. Is The only way God continues to work among us as his people as we get larger is, you know, just becoming part of a crowd really isn't going to be helpful. If God continues to bring, as we just saw, uh, another 55 adults into our congregation or over this past year, over 104 adults and 55 children became part of our St. John family. If that continues to happen, if God has his way in our community and works through his people to lead people here, you know what? We don't want it just to become big for the sake of, no, not at all. God needs us to stay connected. And keep growing in relationships here that go beyond just crowds of noticing people and coming to worship, not just focused on ourselves, but looking around and seeing somebody maybe who's hurting and saying, Lord, maybe, maybe you'd use me to go ask, are you okay? Can I lift you up in prayer today? What, what's going on? Let's go grab a coffee together today. Or maybe we can get together this week. You know, that, that's, some people say, well, that's the pastor's job. No, it's not. It's everyone's job. It's part of being the church. Part of that Acts 2 vision, when you see what happened there, no one was in need. They were noticers. You can just sense it there. They were champion noticers of what was happening in community and the need to stay connected. Um, One of the ways we are answering a a huge need that's continued to surface this past year is, um, many of you know, we celebrated uh, Deaconess Linda's retirement last fall. And uh, one of the, the gaps that has been left there is, is counseling to women. And we've been hearing that again and again, that need for, for someone to connect relationally there and, and help and be an assistance. And praise be to God, we're, we're sharing this this weekend, is that uh, Deaconess has graciously uh, stepped forward to come back on board in a limited way uh, to uh, counsel women specifically. And that's going to be part of her, her specific ministry in a part-time way in this new year. We're excited about that as God continues to bless us to be a blessing in in, in small ways as well as large ways. And and I I joked with her, I said, it's kind of like Michael Jordan. Remember how he retired and then came out again? I just love that. Champion. Awesome. 
How about the next part? It, children and families. And you might say, well, where does that come out of Acts chapter 2? Well, it's implied. It's not there. But one of the things that is very strategic here for our ministry is we have been blessed as a church to have a school ministry. And as part of that entrusted legacy of being a, a church with a school is we continue to see how God is blessing that. And we don't back down from that or, or try to minimize that. No, quite the opposite. We do not apologize for being a church with a school and a school that is thriving. We continue to add staff. We continue to see more and more students come through the doors of our school as enrollment is strong and is looking even better for next year. And that's been sequentially in the last few years an ongoing trend. And we see that not being hindered in any way. The, the buzz and the communication out in our community about our school as an extension of our church ministry is so exciting. And as part of that, we continue, as we shared, added staff. We, we've got a, a new, brand new teacher coming on board and, and one that's being reassigned within our, our ranks in a called situation here at St. John and, and, and excitement with, with preschool at all grades uh, for this new year. But on top of that, uh, getting geared up and excited into how it would look to have a missionary among us that would oversee family ministry, uh, not just to parents and kids in our school, but family ministry across the ranks of our church and school, knowing that we have many, many families that for, for family reasons, they send their kids to, to the public school. And you know what? They do so as faithful people of God who love their kids and love Jesus, and they do so because they want their kids to be a light in the midst of the darkness out there. How do we serve our entire congregation and bring them together on the umbrella of family ministry? And that's through a director of child and family ministry. And uh, you'll be learning more about that in the, the meeting this afternoon. And as we gear up and get excited uh, of the opportunity to extend a call in, in these coming days uh, to be a blessing into the future if God would lead that. Uh, family and church and family, and, uh, I'm sorry, child and family ministry and youth ministry. As this past year, we brought on Melissa Hammett as well in a part-time status. And God is blessing that beyond measure, to say the least. How about the next one? Sacrificial generosity. Uh, to say a little on that, folks, God is continuing to provide faithfulness among his people here. For the fourth straight year, we are going to celebrate at year's end a surplus of giving above and beyond what we were anticipating at year's end. And we praise the Lord for that. And, and you know, here's an example of when that happens, not only are we able to do more ministry here at St. John and provide and plan for the future to increasingly reach and touch the lives of people, uh, but it also extends beyond us in terms of what we are able to do through our mission tithe that is, is a percentage of that overall giving. And uh, just this past uh, couple weeks, I got a bear hug last week uh, from Dietrich Gladden from St. Paul and Pontiac. He gave me a huge bear hug, and I knew why. We had just cut them a check for $17,000. Uh, that's the gifts of this pe our, our people here making an impact beyond our walls that all comes by way of sacrificial generosity. As God has his way and we respond to his grace, we don't do it with, a, with an anger or a, I gotta do, no, I get to, I get to give because my Savior has given it all as, as I'm a, a gift of that. Um, next one, compassionate service. Um, a lot could be said here, but increasing the ways in which we serve each other and serve our community and serve the world. And uh, this past year, uh, what was it, 110,000 meals were packed in the course of several hours on a Saturday by 500 volunteers. 
And, and folks, we're going to do that again. Or in fact, we're going to up the ante and we're hoping to do it over two days. And uh, we're still working on a date for that with, with Feed My Starving Children to make an eternal difference, serving together alongside intergenerationally with, with all God's people, but making an impact that goes beyond the walls into the world. Uh, just one example, Hope Warming Center, other ways you can serve and reach out in our community and above and beyond. Um, next one, relational witness. Um, you know, what's been neat is, I love in, in Acts 2, it doesn't really say that they were out there sharing their faith. It doesn't really say that. And yet, we find through the book of Acts, that was certainly the case, especially after the persecution broke out and, and, and the scattered ones went out and, and, and they couldn't help but speak about what they had seen and heard. The relational witness factor of God's people, the church, could not be stopped. I love what's happening in our community through you. Um, just recently, a family moved here from Tanzania, Africa. They settled into Rochester and they started asking their neighbors, if we were looking for a good family church to go to, in this community, where would we go? And they asked several neighbors, and guess what they said? They said, you should definitely check out St. John Lutheran Church, and they did. And what we heard, heard from, from the Peter family was pretty exciting. They said, we have found, not only did the neighbors tell us to come here, but we found that that is very true. In fact, they were part of the most recent one class as they connected to our church uh, through worship and through his word and continue to celebrate what God is doing in the life of their family. We're gearing up to baptize their child in the coming days as well. All the way from Tanzania, Africa, to our community, to our community. And I love what God does there. How could God use us to reach our own neighborhoods? I, I constantly pray about my neighbors. I've been getting to know them more and more. I'm three years in living in that neighborhood and realizing I don't know so many of my neighbors. And getting to know. I got a family that is, is Muslim on, on one side. I've got another family across the cul-de-sac from us that's Hindu. Uh, and you know what? I'm not talking about reaching people who uh, saying, hey, guess what, Pastor? I invited this close friend of ours uh, to praise in the park, and they're from Faith in Troy. Isn't that great? That's outreach. That's relational witness. No, it's not. There we have a church. We are surrounded by people who aren't connected to Christ. And relational witness means we bring the word of God in, in that whimsical, just relational way uh, where we are among people who don't know him. Encourages us big time. Let's look at uh, this last one, constant prayer. Um, you know, what does it mean to be people of prayer? Our Savior who prays for his church and prays for those who would come to know him and come to believe in him. He prays. Our Savior was a man of prayer, a God of prayer. Approaching the Father. God calls us then to be in constant prayers. If Paul would say, you know, uh, offer your requests to the Lord or pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Or you might say, this is God's vision for you. That we would become people reliant on Him more and more. Realizing we are totally bankrupt apart from the power of God and His work and His leadership in our lives as His people. And that's a great place to end. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for so many things and so many ways that you are having your way among us more and more. As your vision and, and your prayer for your church 
continues to be revealed. And, and Lord, we, we celebrate what you're doing among us. Lord, we know there's so many other ways we can grow. But we praise you that your word that goes out to your people, your faithfulness of that vision, that revelation that we know is making an impact beyond us. Lord, continue to bless us as individuals, bless us as a community, and bless us to be that blessing beyond our community into the world more and more in fulfillment of your vision. Now you're leading by your grace and your mercy. We pray it in Jesus' powerful name, in Jesus becoming one, reaching many. Amen.